Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? So, um, just want to make sure everybody's paying attention here this morning. We're all good? We're good, right? Well, we started this, uh, the Saved series with the intention of really helping you to learn how to live saved, just not make a decision to be saved, but to live saved. You know, the first week we talked about being rescued. Second week we talked about being healed and made whole. Third week we were talking about, which was last week, being delivered. Remember the, the pizza box? He wants to move us from here to there and the understanding that he wants to move us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And we used that illustration of that black cloth over us, over me. Well, today we get to talk about um, saved in this essence of being preserved. Can everybody just say preserved? preserved. And so, but before I get into this, I, I also last week talked about the difference between guys and girls. And I, I have one more little, little thing to offer there about God, difference between guys and girls. You know we're different, right? Yeah, duh, right? So I was at the men's uh, retreat um, that they called, called Man Camp. There's one who came home a little early, and I came home early too. So um, I have to know, when you get a bunch of guys together, it's very different girls. Like you're going into another world. You got guys, I was up there, I pulled into the parking lot, here's all these big trucks with big wheels. <laughs> then on the back of these trailers with these, these uh, motorbikes that are these BMW sport bikes and these guys in their free time got all leathered up to go bike riding. Then all of a sudden you start hearing guns firing everywhere. It was like, <laughs> oh my. And, and so, so men love to go fast. They love to be adventurous. They love to blow things up. And so, girls, if you see your yard all of a sudden, like, exploding with things, don't, don't be concerned. Just boys are being boys. So, so what I want you to do, all you men, find another man and give them a fist pump and says, yeah, that's the way. Come on, give a, give a little fist pump. Yeah, because I know you men are, like, so different than you women. Now, the other thing is, is guys, the other thing about guys, oh, guys really love to be the, the champion in the room, so, and to, especially to their girls. So if your girl is with you, girl, you go, girls, you go to your man and say, we think you're the best. Just do it right now. Honey, right here. See, there we go. That's all I was looking for. I, that's all I was doing. I, I finally got my wife to say I was the best, and it was, I, my day has been made. All right. Well, enough of that, enough of that. But I, I wanted to, to, if you have your Bibles, let's hold up the Bibles. We're doing well here, guys. Awesome. Aw- woo! Every week we're getting better. Good job, guys. Give yourself a big round of applause on that one. All right. Wow, you even did your Bible clap. That's, I like this. Maybe that's a new thing that we need to start doing. Truly Bible thumpers. There we go. There we go. Okay. Don't be one of those Bible thumpers though around your friends. We want to be Christ-like. Okay. All right, here we go. Turn your, to your Bibles to Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, one of the Gospels, Mark. I'll wait for you to turn there. 
Yeah. And uh, Mark chapter 13, verse 13. Um, we're going to be talking about preserved. Remember we said the word sozo is uh, the Greek word that has multiple meanings. And this is where we're coming up with, with all of the, the topics for each of the ones. The rescued, healed and made whole, delivered, and this week preserved, sozo, is found in Mark 13, verse 13. These are Jesus' words, and he's talking about the signs of the end of the age. He basically says, you're going to face a lot of trials, you're going to go through some difficulties, but this is the hope that he gives us. In verse 13, he says, and you will be hated for my namesake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved, sozo, preserved. The one who endures to the end will be preserved. The idea here is that, that Jesus will keep us to the very end. That should be good news for us. Because as life begins to take on some challenges, as we're coming to the end of the age, there might be a time that the hatred is so much against Christians that we are only going to have one hope, and that hope is Jesus Christ, and he will be faithful to preserve us. Good news, right? But in the meantime, until we have somebody coming to take our lives as a Christian, we can dial that back a little bit and realize, though, that our life can be difficult sometimes. Can anybody relate? Has, can anybody say life can be difficult sometimes? I think we all can, right? And sometimes we feel like, can we get through? Can we make it? Even as a believer, sometimes we say, oh man, can I get through this part of life? I was, at, uh, I was at our men's conference or retreat this past week, and I sat down and had a conversation with a guy who goes to Grace. And, and I said, so tell me, tell me where, where you're at in life. And he just started unraveling the story of how difficult life is. And as a result, he's kind of gotten disconnected from church a little bit and, you know, struggling in his marriage, struggling with his kids. And he's a businessman and struggling in his business. And all these things that get you to say, God, where are you? What is going on? And today, we're going to unpack how God preserves us and how we're going to get through these difficult times in life and see that if, if we're faithful, if we're consistent and we pursue Jesus, he will get us to the end of our life and we'll be successful in it. Do you remember the story of Joseph? The guy, the, Jacob's one of his sons, Jacob had 12, whose name later was changed to Israel, but he had 12 sons. We talked a little bit about this not too long ago. And one of his sons was Joseph, who had a dream. Anybody here have a dream for your life? Yeah. Absolutely. I hope you do. And we're also going to be talking about if you've stopped dreaming. I know that life can be so hard that all of a sudden what you thought once was the ability to dream, you've stopped dreaming, and that's not right. And we're going to help you with that today. So Joseph, who has this dream, probably a little foolishly starts blabbing his mouth to his brothers, saying, hey, brothers, you're going to be bound down to me. You're going to be looking to me. It's like, Joseph, I don't think so. So they take him and throw him in a pit. 
uh, really hoping that he dies. He was a favorite of, of Jacob. And gets sold into, um, as a slave into Egypt. As the story goes, um, even though he was in a pit, Joseph seems to keep his wits about him, seems to ha- continue to have hope, starts working in Potiphar's house, and is quickly promoted. For some reason, Joseph's character and integrity follows him wherever he goes. And it, and it depends on, it didn't depend on the circumstance of his life. It didn't depend on whether or not things were going great or things were going bad, but the integrity of understanding who he was remained intact regardless of his circumstance. So here he is in Potiphar's house serving. He gets promoted, and then all of a sudden, Potiphar's wife accuses him. She, she comes on to Joseph, and Joseph is like, I'm not having this. This is not right. And he, and he runs away from her. Meanwhile, she doesn't like being stood up in that way and um, actually makes up a lie that Joseph had come on to her and did things. And so Joseph finds himself in prison. Joseph, when he first was um, put into the pit, he was 17 years old. Um, we don't know exactly how long he was in prison, but we do know that... Um, that from the time he was in Potiphar's house till the time he got out of prison was 13 years. So think about this for a moment. A guy who has a dream, begins to be hated by his brothers, gets thrown into a pit, gets sold into slavery, feels like he's doing pretty well, gets promoted in Potiphar's house only to be falsely accused, now finds himself in a prison cell. Interestingly enough, in the midst of this prison... His integrity stays intact. And in the midst of this, he continues to work in the prison system, and he gets elevated. I don't know how you get elevated as a prisoner, but you get privileges, I guess. And at this point in time, he begins to interpret a dream. And I think that Joseph probably questioned in the midst of the prison that was this dream that he had ever going to come to pass? Church, I've been there. I've been in that difficult situation where you begin to say, this dream that you've given me, God, will it ever come to pass? Because these circumstances in my life never, they're not adding up. And there are times that you feel like you're in prison in your life. And I have to ask you the question, do you allow your integrity to stay intact in your prison experiences? Or do you begin to, to question God? Or do you begin to say, you know what? It's too hard, so I'm going to try to ease the pain a little bit and, and maybe I'll just start picking up some things that, that numb the pain a little bit. But you know, I, I want you to understand that it's not a season. When you're in prison, it's not a season to pass out because of too much, you know what I'm saying? It's not that season. When you times get tough, do you, where do you go? It's not a time to pass out. It's not a time to pass a baton. I think sometimes you start losing your, your dream, and all of a sudden you say, well, I guess it's, my season's done, and I guess I'll just pass the baton to somebody else, and I'll stop dreaming. I'll let the next generation start dreaming again. For people who are older here today, 
I want to speak to you because this is what happened to this guy that I was with yesterday. He's in his 50s and he says, you know, I believe God put stuff in me when I was younger. And nobody really seemed to call it out of me and I never really had the opportunity and so I just kind of gave up. I want to encourage you to not give up. If God has placed something inside of you, it's because he has a plan for you. He wants to preserve you. See, God is faithful. God is faithful to complete what he started. There's a scripture about that. Can anybody tell me what that scripture is? He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. Go look that one up sometime. So I'm giving you little things to get you in your Bible to go look that one up. If you're taking notes, he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. Write that down. Just do a Google search when you get home and you'll find where that is. I'll give you a, a clue. The book of the Bible starts with a P. All right. So there, there you go. So God has put stuff inside of you and do not give up. Do not give up. Because the things that he's placed inside of you, even though you might not see it today, and even though you feel like you're in prison in life today, God doesn't preserve you to go back into the pit. God does not preserve you to go back into the pit. He preserves you for a future hope. What happens? Joseph interprets a dream. He, becomes, he comes out of prison and becomes the governor of Egypt, second in command to the pharaoh of all of Egypt. Can you imagine this? That here's a, a young boy, a 17, has a dream, gets hated by his brothers, gets thrown into pit, goes into a prison, feeling like at this point in time that I guess this dream might not come true, but he keeps his integrity intact. See, that is one of the ways that we get through these prison times, is learning how to press in and keep our integrity intact. See, sometimes life gets so hard that we feel like, well, I better stop doing the things that, I, that didn't seem to produce the results in my life that I thought they should. After all, I went to church, I gave, I tithed. How come I'm not seeing the fruit of that? Well, the fruit of it is what's got, what is happening in your heart. You see, sometimes we just look at the dream and it's like, this is what we need to accomplish for you, God. But really what he's looking for is he's waiting for our heart to align to be able to accomplish the dream. And so when we're living out the dream, our integrity is in such a place that the dream can be lived out that it doesn't take our heart out of the game. Are, are you tracking with me? Uh, this side's tracking with me. I got a couple of vocal people over here. How are we doing over here? All right, this section, okay, I got, I got some things here. This section, yeah, you're pretty, woo. You can do better than that. All right, all right, here we go. I'm not looking for a cheering section. I just want to make sure you track it. Now, I have heard that you guys like these visuals, so once again, I've coming, I'm coming in here with a visual. All right, so let me give a clap for that too. Breakfast, breakfast. well, if you want this, maybe it is breakfast, so... So how do you preserve meat? How do you preserve meat? Salt. Okay, so if you want to preserve some meat, especially fish or other kinds of meat, beef, jerky, you will salt it. 
What salt does is it begins to cure or preserve something. And so this morning, I, I wanted to, hopefully none of you, I mean, you guys are all good. These are just like in the grocery store. I'm not going to gross you out or anything. But So we have some meat here this morning. And we could grill this up a little bit, all you guys in the room. You like this kind of stuff. And so, so what happens is the Bible tells us that we're to be salt and light, right? Uh, let's go there for a moment in your Bibles. It's in Matthew, Matthew chapter, well, we, yeah, Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5. So if you're already in Mark, you just scoot back a few, um, one book, Matthew chapter 5, and I want to read something to you. Verse 13 and 14. Again, these are Jesus' words. He says, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and give it light to all, of, all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. Okay, it feels like we just made a sharp turn on you. Wait a second, you're talking about Joseph, prison, then you all of a sudden throw up a piece of meat and you're talking about preservation? I'm confused. All right, you were tracking with me, now I just lost you all. But I'm going to bring you back on the track. This idea of losing its saltiness really has the idea of of people who have lost their hope. And I think sometimes when we get in those prison experiences of life, the dreams that you once had begin to fade and you lose hope. And God is saying that he doesn't want you to lose your saltiness. He doesn't want to lose your witness, the light that should come out of you. That regardless of your life circumstance, what God has deposited in each one of you, the dreams and the hopes that you had as young men and women are still there. And maybe the the, the couple blows in life, you know, the, the marriages that struggle, the, the kids that don't, meet your expectation, the, the challenges that life throws at you. You just feel a little down. And you've lost your saltiness and you've lost your hope. And he's saying, listen, the scripture of he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. He wants to restore your saltiness. He wants to preserve you to the very end. Today, he wants to start beginning to put some salt back on you. Now, salt in your wounds. You were thinking, well, that's, that's kind of painful. Is he like trying to put salt in our wounds? No. The reason I bring that up, actually, salt in our wounds is not a painful thing. I did some research on that, that salt water is actually an antiseptic and it's good for your wounds. So would you let Jesus heal you this morning? Would you let him begin to preserve you this morning, to give you hope again this morning? Why are we putting salt on me? I want to tell you something. For this 
to be really effective, this piece of meat, what does it first have to do? I'm not going to get graphic here, but this was a cow in case somebody questioned what this was ahead of time. You know, it is interesting. Um, kids who never grew up on a farm, you know, they would get milk from a store and you ask, where does this milk come from? And they'll just like, comes from the store. Like they don't understand it actually comes from an animal. But this was a mooing thing at one point. <laughs> but you know, the interesting thing For that truly to be experienced and preserved and to be salted, it first had to die. It, it reminds me of, of a scripture that unless a kernel of wheat dies and falls to the ground, it can't produce the harvest that it was incre- intended to produce. I think sometimes we, we get onto these ideas of we've got these big dreams or we've got these expectations and we place these false expectations on God as if like my, nothing's going to happen bad in my life. And then all of a sudden when these prison experiences, these pits and prison experiences come along, we feel like somehow, God, where are you and what have you done? Who's moved my cheese? But do you understand the process that God needs to bring us into a place where the dream can be realized is really many times a dying process. That we first have to be willing to to die to ourselves, to die to our own plans, to die to the things. Then we have to say, okay, God, now I feel like I'm, I'm kind of hopeless, but then we say, but God, we want you to be the salt in our life. We want you to preserve us, and no longer is it my dreams, my wishes. I don't want to oversalt this. I might have it for lunch later. <laughs> um, that he begins to preserve us and so he can accomplish the great work through us and in us. He who began a good work is faithful to complete it. We're saved, but not saved for a moment in time. He wants to keep saving us, preserving us, and seeing our lives through all the way through completion. The last thing I'd like to say if the worship team wants to come at this time is this, and sometimes when we feel hopeless, what, what did God do for, in Joseph's life? He, actually there's a scripture up there. You can put up with that Genesis scripture. You can just kind of peruse through that. You'll see what it is. But what, jo- what they did, you can probably go to the third slide on that where it says preserved. There's a section in there where he, he preserved Joseph to preserve others. What God did is through Joseph's life What did not only God preserve Joseph through the prison experience, but he saved him, he preserved him so he could preserve others. See, he doesn't just save us for ourselves. He just doesn't give us a dream for ourselves, but he does it, he preserves us so that we can also offer preservation life, hope to others. But I'm do mindful that in this room today, there are people who feel like, 
I'm great. I've got hope. And there's others who are saying, you know what? Life has really taken a toll on me. I'm discouraged. I'm a little hopeless. And I want to just take a few moments to, to have an opportunity to that, that as God preserves us, he gives us a future of greatness like he did for Joseph. But I think sometimes we get stuck in the mud. We get stuck in the prison and we start losing our integrity. We start losing the very footing that we had on, on being sure in Jesus because of our circumstance. But he wants us to be salt and light. But if you are here today and you say, I'm, I've lost my saltiness. I don't know if I have much to give somebody else, let alone anything for myself. We want to pray for each other. We want to pray for each other. Would you just take a few moments, just bow your heads, just, just as a point of reflection. Maybe just do a, a quick little inventory. Think about the dream that you once had. Is that dream still alive or have you put it on a shelf? Do you need to be sprinkled with a little salt today to increase your saltiness to understand that you've been preserved for a purpose that you have a great future ahead of you God is telling you to not give up on the dreams he's placed inside of you he put them in there he's saying don't let life get in such a way of the of the busyness or the disappointments that life has to, to begin to erode away your integrity and your relationship with the Lord. Sometimes God allows those prison experiences to mold you and shape you. That is the very intention of what he wanted to do and it was the preservation process because he cares more about your heart than he does about the big thing he wants to do through you. But he wants to allow your heart to align to the dream, and so when the dream gets birthed, you're able to walk with integrity before God and before others, that you can be used in the story of preservation that not only is your life preserved, but, but you're used to preserve other people's lives. In the name of Jesus. If you are here this morning and you say, I'm in one of these places I feel life has just gotten a little heavy for me. Could you just slip up your hand? Just keep your hand up for a second. Life has gotten a little heavy for me. Just keep up your hand. Keep it up for a moment. Would you just keep your hand up and would you just look around and, and see a hand that's up? Just make a note of it. Put your hand up. I know some of you are feeling like, oh man, he's going to do something here. I better slip my hand down real quick. I don't know what he's going to do. Look, can I tell you what he's going to do? Okay, put everybody put your hand down for a second. I'll tell you so you don't have to get nervous. 
part of the of being salt for somebody else is that people who are strong in their faith to come alongside somebody who's a little bit weaker. It doesn't make one better than the other. It really just says, I need some encouragement. I need somebody to pray with me. I need somebody to to give me some hope. We know ultimately it's Jesus, but he's asked us to be a body. He's asked us to, to, when one person's feeling a little down, another person comes alongside and let me help you up. So the reason I wanted you to just raise your hand because I think it's awesome when I've been down and I have somebody come around me and just pray with me, it's so encouraging. So again, if you would like some prayer to say, I'm, life's just a little bit heavy for me right now, that, that, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Don't be shy, guys. This is encouraging. I saw a lot of hands here. Okay. Now, what I want you to do is see the hands that are up and just quickly, the people around you, just go lay a hand on a shoulder. As we sing this song, I want to make sure there's, there's people around. And if you don't have a hand on the shoulder, keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Maneuver around. There's people who've been where you are. There's people who've been where you are. And they want to stand with you. There's a reason that you're here today. And the reason is, is the Lord loves you and he has a plan for you. And he doesn't want you to lose hope. He doesn't want you to put the dream on the shelf. He wants to preserve you until the very end. As we sing this song, I... Actually, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray and as they're playing behind me. And... But will you just pray over these people just as God leads you? Father, I thank you for the encouragement of each other. That when one is down, somebody can come alongside and, and offer to add a little salt to the life of saying, Let me add a little of my salt to your life to help you get through, to help you be preserved to the end. Jesus, we know ultimately you are the one who preserves us. But God, I pray even in this moment that people's eyes would be opened up to say, to realize that some, maybe their prison or their pit right now is really the very place that God would have them be. They don't need to lose hope in the midst of, of a difficult circumstance. They don't need to, to get distracted in the midst of a difficult circumstance. They don't need to pick up things that are not healthy for them in the midst of, of coping through circumstances. Oh, Jesus, I just pray that you would help people to feel your love and your presence and the confidence to know that you are so faithful the story is not completely written yet. There's another chapter and another chapter, and the chapter after that is always going to be about God's faithfulness and the hope and the dream that's to be released. So Lord, I just thank you for today, that it's a new day, that it's like spring all over again, that we can experience you in a fresh and new way, that we can take those dreams that we put on the shelf and we can break take them off the shelf and say, God, you're not done with me yet. 
God, you're not done with me yet. I want to be faithful to you. I want to engage with you, your plans and your purposes, regardless of my circumstance. I'm going to be faithful to you, regardless of my, my, my prison, regardless of my pit. Lord Jesus, you have a plan and a purpose, and, and you've given me this dream that's going to come to fruition in your due time. It's a new day. Let's sing this. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 